Hi, and welcome to another podcast from Three Worlds about shamanic healing. This is the second in the series that I'm doing at this time about shamanic healing. Like I said last time, for me there's a difference between healing and curing. And yet within that there's a whole gamut of different techniques and different ways that you might intervene with somebody to do healing. Um, and and also, I, I guess for me too, the, the the word healing has got sort of overlays of mending a cut finger or setting a broken bone. It's a kind of physical thing, and so I was sitting with that and thinking, well, what's a better word? Because sometimes we do we do interventions with people in in our shamanism that isn't anything like making a bruise go down or healing a cut finger or taking away a tummy ache or whatever stuff like that it's a whole different way and yet is that healing and i on one level of course it is but because it's such a big big word i was sitting with it and thinking about it my spirits kind of said to me they they slipped in the word intervention into my into my mind and uh, i was talking to somebody about that and sort of you know the whole concept of what is shamanic healing and uh, they were a bit more grounded and streetwise than me, and they said, helping. And I think, yeah, okay, intervention's a very long word, and it's a bit fancy, so helping is a damn sight better. So if you're going to do something for somebody or for a situation, and you're going to involve shamanism, then it's shamanic helping, shamanic healing, whatever. And then I was thinking about it uh, again, even sort of broader than that. And I, it came to me that there's the medicine wheel teachings, which I, I have as my cosmology. Now, the, the medicine wheel are teachings from uh, different peoples from North America and also a little bit from Central America. And yet lots of other cultures have got similar things too around the world. I spoke in some length about medicine wheel teachings in an earlier podcast of, of Three Worlds, so if you haven't heard that, maybe you can go back into the archive and find them and, and listen to them. I'm sorry, I can't remember what numbers they were, but they were they were way back in the mists of time somewhere. Um, I think, okay, well, I'll just give a little very brief recap of the medicine wheel here in terms of how I see that it works with healing. Now, the medicine wheel has five aspects to a person in the four directions and centre. In the south of the medicine wheel with a person, there is the emotions. And in the north of the medicine wheel, there is the mind. And in the west of the medicine wheel, there is the physical body. And in the east of the medicine wheel, there is creativity and sexuality and spirituality. And in the centre of the medicine wheel is the kind of powerhouse that everything comes from. It's the yin and yang and the up and down and the black and white and the light and dark and everything else. It's the opposites. Um, and it's in humans, it's the place of the soul. I'm not my body. That will die. I'm not my mind because my thoughts are certainly different to how they were several years ago and undoubtedly will become different again in the future. I'm not my emotions. 
I used to get absolutely pissed off with a teacher at college when I was a teenager. I'm no longer pissed off with that person. So our emotions change. And it's not my spirituality, my creativity. I've, you know, I've, my spirituality, my creativity has, has grown and developed over time. So it's, it's not that. But in the center of that is the soul, is the sort of the essence that is the, 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 the fundamental bit of you that if you distilled and clarified all the other bits, it would be the bit that's left. So healing for me, if you're going to work with anybody doing any form of healing, whether it's shamanic healing or whether it's anything else, you're going to be working with that five-fold human being. Maybe they're going to come to you with stuff that needs to have emotional healing. They're going to come to you because they need to release the past. They've got stuff that is stuck inside them on an emotional level, and you're going to be working with that. Maybe they're going to come to you because they are uh, sort of frozen in their thinking. They are, they are within a particular mindset, within a particular belief system, and you're going to be working to liberate that, to heal that. Maybe they're going to be coming to you because they've got physical ailments in the West there, and you're going to be working with them in a physical way. And maybe they're going to come to you because they have a great emotional problems regarding their creativity, their, their fire aspect. Maybe they've got sexual issues. Maybe they don't sort of know kind of where they are with their gender. Maybe they are not sure where they are with their relationship with the spirits of life, if you like, the, the kind of their spiritual part. So you're going to be working in the East with those people. And, and then sometimes... Well, I was thinking about what what's the centre then, because those four seem quite sort of quite logical and, and straightforward to me. But I was thinking about what's the centre, and I think for me, it, it's it's kind of getting into the place of karmic healing. It's the stuff that you might do, you know, past lives or something like that. Maybe you believe in past lives, maybe you don't. But for me, I I kind of do, and I work with that a little bit, and it's part of the big picture for me. So um, it, it would be the place of karmic healing. It would be the place of of also the sort of mysterious illnesses that you find within mentioned within Tibetan Buddhism, for instance. Tibetan doctors um, they often work on a level of karmic illness. They will say that an illness is karmic because there's no apparent reason for it in this life. And yet it manifests. Um, and so uh, a karmic illness is something that, uh, that, that maybe is to do with a past life experience or it's to do with the ripening of karma for somebody. Um, karma is not about punishment. It's just more about lessons that people need to learn. And it's about um, cause and effect from past incidences within other lives. So, and also within this life too. But um, a karmic illness is an illness that is not very easily diagnosable. The causes of it are not very easy to see. So a, a Tibetan uh, doctor would very much work with that if, if the causes were hidden. So those five aspects of healing seem to be very much what is presented to you if you're going to do shamanic healing. But it's not straightforward Okay, somebody's example, somebody has got uh, a lot of emotional baggage from, 
you know, something that happened to them when they were six. And that's going to affect the way that they hold their body. It's going to affect the way that they think about the future. It's probably going to affect their creativity. It's going to affect their whole body. We are, I'm sorry to use a cliche here, but we are organic beings and all parts of us are connected. So somebody with an emotional problem is going to hold their body in a different way, which could create physical problems. It's certainly going to affect their belief systems about the world, and it's probably going to do damage or... Mm, damage is a funny word. That's a bit loaded. It's going to create consequences for their creativity or maybe their sexuality or maybe their connection with the spirits. So you're going to be working on all of those levels. Every single person that comes to you, even if it looks absolutely straightforward, to some degree or another, it's going to cause an effect in one of the other directions. And of course, the whole thing may be karmic. Who knows? But, you know, we just work with what we, we kind of get given. In counselling training and psychotherapy training, which I did many, many moons ago, uh, you get to, and I'm sure some of you will have heard this, you get you get the presenting problem. The client will come to you because they have a presenting problem. And often that's the socially acceptable problem. So you sit down and you listen to their presenting problem. And then gradually you kind of work out what's underneath that. So healing being so multifaceted can be very complex. And I think it, it's very hard to define and I was thinking perhaps one of the best things I could do would be to give a couple of case studies. These these are, are healings, helpings, interventions, all of those in inverted commas, that, that I've done for different people over the time. And um yeah, let's 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 tell you a story of one of those. Because it's it covers a whole load of different bits and pieces about what is healing and what isn't. Okay, this is a story about a guy called Jim who uh, died a little while ago and he died of a cancer and he knew he was going to die. And so he approached me to do work with him before he died to kind of prepare the ground a little bit. So first thing that I did was to talk to my spirits and see what they had to say about the whole situation. So I do a journey for Jim and I said something like, how, if at all, can I help Jim in this process, in the process of him dying at this time? And it's always good, I think, to do a recce journey, a, a, a journey where you are going to go and talk to your spirits about it, partially to get permission and partially to, uh, to just sort of see their reaction to it. And uh, so I did that for Jim, and I tend to do that for lots of people. I think it also sidesteps your own um, kind of emotional desire to help. Um, I had a, a girl contact me a long time ago now, I guess probably 10 years ago, something like that, and uh, she had a brain tumour. And I immediately felt sorry for her. There was just something about her story 
and uh, it, it was a story that that moved me and I became emotionally involved in that in that way you know my initial I read the email it came as an email and I read that and, and my heart went out to her so I thought right I know what to do with this you know I've, I've uh, my spirits have given me a, a, a a ceremony that I can do for severe illnesses. I'm not saying it works. It's just what I do for people who have severe illnesses. So I thought that's what I want to do. And it felt the right thing to do. So I went down the rabbit hole to talk to my spirits saying, yes, I'd really like to do this. Can I do this ceremony? Is this the right thing to do? And my spirits looked at me and they said, well, you can do the ceremony if you want to, but we won't be there. And that was a big learning for me. That was a big learning because I was way ahead of myself. I had an investment in that I wanted to do some work for this girl. And my spirits just said no. And they gave me something else to do for her entirely differently and and. I actually never heard from her again. I had to make a healing doll for her, and uh, I made the doll. Uh, it took me it took me days. Uh, my spirits work me hard sometimes, and uh, and I sent her the doll, and uh, and I never heard. I never heard anything. So, blessings on her. Can't even remember her name. That was a long time ago, but a good lesson for me. Anyway, going off the subject. So, getting back to Jim. So I went down the rabbit hole and I talked to my spirits about Jim and I said, what can I do to help Jim at this time? And can I? There's a lovely phrase that I learned from one of my teachers, which I put into a lot of my journeys and teach too when I'm teaching people to journey. And it's a very simple sort of legal phrase. How, if at all, can I X? Because your spirits may say you can't. And to have that little kind of clause in there, how, if at all, is a safeguard. Safeguard against your own will, your own intent to do the healing. So I go down, I talk to my spirits about Jim. Um, My spirits say, okay, you need to do a piece of work with a shaman's mirror, a tolly, and... What you need to do is to collect all of the bits of this person's soul that he has been around the world a lot. He was a big traveller. He'd been all around the world. He'd done lots and lots of things and made a lot of heart connection with a lot of different places. He was a real kind of open, go out and do things and see things kind of person. So he put his heart out into a lot of places and he put his soul parts out into a lot of places in a, in a good way. But because he was dying, there was a need to gather all these together. And so my spirit said, you get a mirror. And I'll talk about mirrors later on, probably in another podcast. So you get a mirror, which is a piece of bronze. This is a, just very briefly, it's a bronze disc in effect. And you journey with that mirror so that the the spirit of the mirror is in the spirit world too. And you go down and you go all around the world and you collect all the soul parts and put them into a mirror and then you give him the mirror. And I'm thinking, God, that sounds like a big piece of work. 
And I'm thinking, oh, he's been everywhere. I'm going to have to go everywhere. It's going to take me hours. Now, I, I don't use a, a drumming CD. So when I journey, I drum for myself. And there's no time limitations of a 20-minute journey or whatever. So sometimes I can journey for a long time. And I'm thinking, this is going to take hours. But that's what the spirits say. That's what you do. So I kind of divvied a mirror. I found a mirror that that I wanted to, to, to work with that felt the right mirror at that time. Um, it was uh, just a little mirror. It wasn't very big. It was, uh, I don't know, a couple of inches across, but less than that probably. And it was it was fairly old, I suppose, probably about 200 years old. And uh, it kind of metaphorically leapt up and down and said, me, 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 I'm the one, I'm the one. So I went with that mirror and I did the journey. And um, I went down the rabbit hole and took the spirit of the mirror with me. And we got down to the bottom of the of the the lower world. I always journey to lower world, even if I'm going to go to other places. I always journey to lower world first. That's my entry point into everything. So I'm down in lower world, and all of these spirits appeared, lots and lots and lots of them, and uh, in the form of animals, lots and lots of small animals, uh, badgers and foxes, and very 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 sort of English British animals. And, uh, and, and, and they all kind of, well, my spirit said, tell them what I'm doing. So I explain why I'm here and everything else and what the work that I'm doing to these animals. And they, they rush off and they rush to all of the places in the world that Jim has been to. And I'm sitting there kind of drumming my toes and humming and I think my spirits generally tell me to sing so I was probably singing a song and hanging out with my spirits down in the in the sort of entry point of the of the lower world and gradually one by one these spirits came back and they put the little gathered parts of Jim's soul and Jim's energy and and Jim's love and all of the bits and pieces that he put out in the world and they gather them up and they come and they put them inside the mirror they put them into the mirror it's like it's a pool of water and they put their paws in and they put all of these bits and pieces inside the mirror and when they've all come when they've all come and I'm down there for I don't know half an hour or something and when they've all come and put all their bits in um, my spirits all come and they put their paws and their hands because some of my spirits are not not animal spirits they put their hands and whatever on the mirror and they bless the mirror and they kind of work with it in that way. So that I've got this really charged mirror, the spirit of this mirror down in the lower world with me. And it's got all these bits of soul and all of these bits of life experience and all of these bits of love inside it. And all of my spirits and even my big spirits, the ones that, that are not like helper spirits but they're spirits that I go to to get instruction or big bigger sort of spirits as it were they they kind of come and and they bless this mirror too so this mirror is well and truly blessed and it's humming and and I'm in tears I'm I, it's just incredibly moving I'm sitting there uh, you know my physical body in this world is banging the drum and i'm singing and whatever and i got tears streaming down underneath my my journey mask 
And uh, those fringe journey masks are brilliant for catching tears and snot. They're really good. I recommend them. So I come back with the mirror. I thank all my spirits. I come back with the mirror. And, And then the next part is that I pack up the mirror in red cloth, because I work ceremonially too in this world, physical world, so I wrap it in red cloth, which is a protective cloth. It's a protective colour. You wrap something in red, it's a protective colour. So, uh, and I pack it with sage leaves, you know, the, the smudge leaves, basically, and, and I send it to Jim uh, with the instructions that Jim has to wear it around his neck and keep it with him. And he did. He kept it with him for ages and ages and ages and uh he he it became really important to him the one thing he did worry about was what happens to the mirror after he died and i said to him well it's on its journey it'll go to somebody else it'll go to wherever it needs to go mirrors are like that they live longer than people they have uh they have this whole kind of life which we're only a little bit of so he was he was okay with that and uh, I don't know where that mirror is now. I mean, it it may be that it'll come back to me one day or it'll go to somebody else that it wants to go to. That's absolutely fine. But he held on to that mirror and it became very important to him. It became a, a sort of real symbol of strength. Or Well, and, and I don't think it was just a symbol of strength. It became a strong thing for him. It became a medicine object, a gift of power to him. And he kept it with him. And then when he got more and more ill, um, I do another piece of work with him. And that was that I work a lot with dolls, which I think I said last time. And I put a doll of him, which represented him, on my altar. And I work with him there. So I was working with him, protecting him, smudging the doll, cleaning the doll, putting protection around the doll from time to time, keeping the doll focused in in that way, or having the doll as a focus, as well as keeping the doll focused. I think both was, were operating. When it got very much to the point of him dying, I put the, the doll inside a, a special pot that I have, which is a, a, a lovely Chinese cloisonne pot, um, and uh, it, it's it's a pot that I use for healing and, and making a safe container for people. So this this little doll is inside the, the safe container and I'm working with that and I'm singing to it and I'm smudging it and I'm lighting candles for him on, on my altar. And then uh, when it got very close to that, my spirit said, you need to put that healing pot on the surface of a mirror. So I put a mirror face up, shiny side up on my altar, and I put the mirror there, and I put the pot on the mirror, and that stayed there. And then Jim died, and so I work with the doll now. He, I, I, he didn't die that long ago, so I'm I'm working with... Uh, uh, the 49 days uh, in Buddhist uh, practice, it's, it takes 49 days, according to tradition, to go through the bardos into a next life. So I tend to work with people for 49 days. And uh, so at the moment, this little doll, this little ongone uh, spirit figure 
of Jim is is uh, sitting on a mirror on my altar and I'm working with, with him all the time. He's bound with red cloth and uh, at the end of the 49 days I will do another ceremony and I will release the red cloth and I will probably burn the red cloth, which is what I normally do in that situation. And uh, and, and all the time that Jim is there sitting on that mirror on my altar, then I feel I'm connected with him and I'm working with him and I'm sending him support while he's in the Bardos. And there's other stuff that I did too. I actually went and did a journey to uh, to work with Jim the day after he died because uh, I had agreed to do this with him. So I went and did a, a psychopomp journey where I went down and, and, and met Jim's spirit and uh, just to see if there's any assistance that I could give. And he was such a bright soul that actually I didn't need to do anything. And we, we had a little chin wag and chewed the fat momentarily. And I, I passed on love from various people to him and, and, and came back because I didn't need to do anything. He was, he was well sorted. He was well sorted. So that's a piece of healing for me. That's a piece of intervention. That's a piece of, of ceremonial helping I don't know which of those directions. I'm pretty sure it was all of them. I didn't do anything specifically for his symptoms. If my spirits had said I should have done, then I would have done. But I'm sure that what I did improved his quality of life um, at that time of dying. It didn't cure him. He died. But it did heal. It did work on that level. It brought him great comfort. I know it brought him great comfort, and and he was extremely grateful to me for doing the work, and giving him the mirror and things like that. So that's healing, but it's not. It's it, healing is so multifaceted. It's just so multifaceted. And one of these healing podcasts is obviously going to have to be about some of the tools that you can use. I'll talk about the tools that I use, the ritual objects that I use in my own healing practice, but there's so many different ones out there because of different cultures and everybody has got their own vision and their own way of working. So I can't give a definitive thing, but I can do some pointers. But I think that's probably enough for this podcast. So um, I'm going to do another one fairly soon. In the meantime, I hope that you've enjoyed this one. And uh, if you want to contact me, it's nick at sacredhoop.org. I'm on Facebook as Nicholas Breezewood. And uh, the website for this podcast is www.3worlds.co.uk. And that's the number three, not the word three. Well, thank you for listening, and I will be back soon.